whatever anger you have for gratefulness or greed for generosity or bitterness for joy. So whether you are uh, at home <coughs> or if you're here in person, the offering that we talk about and we pray over every week is not about money necessarily. It's about seizing a life that's truly life. That is really what being rich is all about. So let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you that we can always trust in you. You are an abundant God, and out of your great love and mercy, you have given us so much. As an act of our heartfelt gratitude, we give you our tithes and our offerings. With them, we worship you. We acknowledge your blessings upon us. Please now take them and use them for your kingdom glory. Extend and multiply their reach and their influence, and may they be a great blessing to many. We ask all of this in the mighty and powerful name of Jesus. And before Chip comes up to give our message, we want to uh, go ahead and, and uh, eat, have communion. And so you should find in the chairs uh, in directly in front of you a little cup. If you're sitting in the front row, you may want to grab one from behind you. But other than that, you should find one there. And so if you peel the very, very top layer of cellophane back, there's a wafer. And then if you peel the top layer of the cup, you can actually get to the juice inside. So we are going to, uh, I am going to bless our elements. And then we will all take communion together. So we recall that on the night that Jesus was to be betrayed, he took bread. He gave thanks asking his father to bless it. And then he gave it to his disciples, and he said, Take this, all of you, and eat, for this is my body given for you. Near the end of the meal, he picked up a cup from the table, and again he gave thanks and asked his father to bless it. And then... He, too, gave this cup to his disciples. And he said, take this, all of you, and drink. For this is the cup of my blood, the blood of the new and everlasting covenant, blood that was shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of your sins. So whenever you eat of this bread or drink of this cup, do so and remember me. So, Lord God, we give you thanks and praise. And we do remember the sacrifice that you made on our behalf. It is your desire that none should perish from this earth. And for that cause, you laid down your very life. And now we have the opportunity to remember that self-sacrificial act that was done on our behalf that has guaranteed us life eternal. We ask you to come now and to bless this bread and this cup that it would be for us, your body and your blood. Consecrate it now in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The body of Jesus given for you.
And the cup of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, shed for you. Amen. All right, sir, would you like to come up? It would be very weird. We might have to talk. <coughs> Excuse me. Amen. You never want the preacher's phone to go off while he's preaching. <laughs> oh, it's your phone? Oh, yeah, I'll definitely run into that. Let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit. Anoint me, Lord, to speak your words and your words alone. Anoint us to hear. Anoint us to believe. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you would impart the gift of faith to us today. Let faith rise in this room, Jesus, to a point that we have never experienced. Lord, let faith rise in this room, God, so we know without a shadow of a doubt that you are in charge. We know without a shadow of a doubt that you can handle whatever we face. You are the almighty El Shaddai God. More than enough. You are Jehovah Rapha, the healer. There is nothing out of your reach to do. There is no problem you cannot figure out, Lord. There is no, no situation where you've ever said, I've never thought of that before. You're all-knowing, all-wise, all-powerful, and all-good. We feel your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So today, we are gonna, we've been in our I Love My Church series, and today we're talking about a place of miracles. We want our church to be a place of miracles, amen? Amen. So what is a miracle? Let's look at the dictionary, amen? <laughs> Merriam-Webster, let's see. An extraordinary event, and I want you to listen to both of these because it's interesting. An extraordinary event manifesting divine intervention in human affairs. That's in the dictionary. Google it if you don't believe me. Second one they put is an extremely outstanding, unusual event, thing, or accomplishment. The, the example they give is the bridge is a miracle of engineering. So we have a, kind of a double thing happening here. We have the miraculous as an event. And we have the miraculous as, like they said, the bridge is a miraculous kind of feat. So we want miracles not only as events, but we want our lives to also be miraculous. Amen? You can have that. I want to do a quick little thing that I did with my small group, so it might be familiar to some of you. Um, I'll preface this. I'm going to say some crazy stuff today. <laughs> so you might as well pray. Jeff's like, oh gosh, <laughs> not bad stuff, but you better pre just prepare yourself. So Mark 9, 23 says this, but Jesus said to him, if you can, because he asked him if you can do this, he says, all things are possible for the one who believes. What things? All. What does all mean? All. So here's the exercise. <laughs> Raise your hand. If you believe Jesus can take away knee pain, amen. Raise your hand if you believe Jesus can take away a headache. 
Raise your hand if you believe Jesus can cure cancer. Raise your hand if you believe Jesus can grow the limb of an amputee back. Amen. Raise your hand if you believe that you can walk into a room with a dead body and say, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up. Amen. Here's the thing. The key to miracles, we're going to be talking about faith today. Amen. Do you really believe God can? Do you believe that you can live a life that you not only see events occur of the miraculous, but you actually live a miraculous life? That your life is a constant flow of supernatural intervention. That God can do all things in your life and do whatever it is. So I want to talk about the church can only be a place of miracles when the church is a people of the miraculous. Until we decide to be the people of the miraculous and we start seeing God's miraculous hand in every area of our life, then our church will naturally have to become a place for miracles. So what areas? Well, I want to talk to you, and here's some things that people might find. Well, I don't know if I can get on board with that, but you, you can either get on board or off board. It's okay. But, for example, you can walk in divine health. Amen? How do you know that? Well, it says this. By his stripes, we are healed. Sounds pretty simple. What if you didn't get sick? What? What if you, you didn't tolerate a headache? What if you, I'm not saying don't go to the doctor, um, but if you go to the doctor and they give you some factual thing, you, what if you said, you know what, I understand that's fact, but I'm believing the truth. And the truth is Jesus says I can be healed. Amen? I still, you still on board? What about emotionally? Bible says he heals the brokenhearted, binds up their wounds. Some of us have gone through life so emotionally damaged that, you know what word I hate? Sidebar. I'm triggered. You're only triggered because you're wounded. And you're only wounded because you're hurt. So my trigger would be, you know, if someone comes up to me and says something like, I don't know how to phrase it church appropriate. I don't like people to roll up on me. Don't get in my face and be all big and bad because when you trigger, you're triggering my fists. But, but the Lord's worked with me. But that was an emotional thing he had to deal with. Some of us are carrying around baggage from parents and this orphan thing going on where we think I have to do everything myself, be everything myself, achieve everything myself. And you, you think I'll always feel this way. I'll always be depressed. I'll always be anxious. The miraculous says no. That you can walk in a place of not being anxious, of not being depressed, of not feeling beat down, of not being triggered. This is the one that everybody loves, so hear me out. Financially. You can live in the miraculous financially. Deuteronomy 8.18 says, Remember the Lord your God, for he gives you the power to produce wealth. Yes, the Bible says we don't want money to be our God. You get that. But you've got to understand, that means that you can have, that doesn't mean you're getting a check written to you, although some of us do. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that somebody's going to drop money off. It means he can give you the wisdom to make sound financial decisions as well. Some of you are like, I'm broke, but you're only broke because you spent $500 on DoorDash last week. Because <laughs> you didn't feel like cooking. You're not broke, you're just mismanaging. You see what I'm saying? In fact, then you have people, every time you come into church, and you, or not this church, but let me think how to phrase this. How many of you have been to a church where you just get that, they want my money, Bob? And the reason is this. 
Those churches operate out of lack. Because they only teach and preach on money when they want yours. But they never seem to be able to tell you how to have it. So you hear this classic scripture in Malachi about tithing. I, the Lord, do not change. So the descendants of Jacob are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you. But you ask, how will I return? And then this is what you hear all preachers say. Will a man rob God? How many of you heard that scripture preach right before we're taking it? I like Pastor Jeff because he actually teaches us before we take an offering. He doesn't just make you feel guilty. <laughs> and then we stop there and we say, but you ask, how are we robbing you? And he says, in tithes, which is the 10%, and offerings. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you were robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And then we stop. But it goes on to say this, the only place you really see this in scripture, God says, test me in this, says God Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines of the field will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all nations will call you blessed for yours will be delightful, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord. What if you had miraculous finances? It starts with tithing. If you're saying you're trying to get my money, you tithe to a different church then. I'm trying to get something to you, not from you. See what I'm saying? That, and what we don't go on to, say, to see is the Bible says miraculously he will rebuke the devourer when you tithe. That means all, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Look at your bank account. Where is he stealing from you? Where is he devouring, devouring your funds? And once you see that and you start tithing, you start believing God, you'll see him start to actually rebuke that. And we leave out the part that says they will call you blessed because people say that sounds prosperity. Well, that's because it is. And that's okay. God, wants us, God never has a problem with us having wealth or health or emotional strength. He has a problem with when we become in love with the blessing instead of the blesser. You can be spiritually living in the miraculous. Luke 4.18 says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom <clears throat> to the captives set the, and to set the oppressed free. There are people in this room, there are people at your job, there are people online that you're seeing on Facebook. There are people all around you and one of them may be you who is being demonically oppressed. You might say, I can't beat this habit. I can't beat this mindset. I can't get out of my head. What is going on? I'm seeing this crazy stuff, or I just have this, this, this ache in me to do horrible things. That's because there could be demonic oppression, and God can deliver you from that, amen? That would be the miraculous. That would be a miracle. Another thing that the world has really perverted through, you watch a horror movie, you expect your head to spin around and, you know, you turn into the exorcist girl, but you may, but hopefully you won't. But that's not, it's not a scary thing. The devil wants you to be so scared of demons that you're more comfortable keeping them than having them expelled. You know how many Christians I've talked to who say I'm oppressed, but I'm scared to talk about that or get into that? That's on you. <laughs> like, no, don't pray for me about that. No, 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 wait, I don't want to get in. 
Do you realize we would rather be locked in chains than face our fears? That's not God's best for us. That's not the miraculous. So what is the key to, these, to living a life like this? What is the key to seeing the miraculous? The key is faith. Faith. Say faith. You know what? Look at your neighbor. Say faith. I know you can't touch him. <laughs> All of that. I want to read this. It's one of my favorite scriptures. Mark eleven twenty two through 26. It says, have faith in God, Jesus answered. I love this. Truly I say to you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, what does he say? Whatever. Say whatever. Whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against someone, forgive them so your father may forgive you of your sins. Well, Chip, that sounds a little name it and claim it. Well, it is. <laughs> That's what it says. So some people say, I can't do that. You can't just speak it. You can't. That's fine. You don't have to. People will get on me all the time. That sounds name it, claim it, blab it, grab it. You don't have to. Just leave me alone while I'm naming and claiming and blabbing and grabbing. Because i got to walk into what God has for me. Amen? And I want you to as well. So what does this mean? So what are the keys to unlocking the miraculous? I believe they're found in that scripture. Number one, we have to have faith in God. Sounds simple, but it's not. Because people have let you down. And when people let you down, we tend to project that onto God. Well, I couldn't depend on my husband, my mother, my boyfriend, my girlfriend, whatever it is. So then how am I going to depend on God? We project the weaknesses we've experienced by the people who are supposed to provide for us onto the provider. What you're doing is you're taking a distorted image the enemy's using and you're projecting it on a holy God. And you know what? You're not going to go to hell for that. But you're going to be in hell until you get to heaven here on the earth. When you really start having faith in God, in his character, it doesn't make sense. You don't have, well, I have faith in God, but I believe God gave this person cancer to teach him something. <laughs> That's a God I don't want to have faith in. Or how many people we try to rationalize, well, suffering is because God is doing this. I can't have faith that God's character is good if God is making people sick to prove a point. The same way I can't accept the events of 9-11 because a terrorist was trying to prove a point. You see what I'm saying? Well, Chip, that's extreme. No, it's not. We have an untouchable, well, we can touch him, but we have an unfathomable holy God. And what we're doing is we're saying that he's proving a point by hurting people. Well, what about Job? I understand Job, but read the whole book. You'll see something change in his situation. Because with God, there's always a change. Because the Bible says that once you've suffered a little while, he will establish you. There will be suffering. Jesus said it, in this world you will have trouble. But fear not, for I have overcome. When we start having faith that God is good above all else, that there's no evil in him, there's no malice in him, there's no, I'm going to do this to this person because they really ticked me off today, then we'll start to see the miraculous. But you can't be in a place of dependency on God if you don't believe that he is good. You don't hear about a negative miracle. You know what I'm saying? You never hear about that. You hear about positive ones. 
The opposite of a miracle is a catastrophe. That was good. Y'all didn't get it, but that's okay. It was good to me. Number two, we have to have faith that his word is true. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he not said, and shall he not do it? Has he, not, has he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Do you have a Bible? Do you believe it? I'm doing a photo op. It's upside down. <laughs> no, never mind. Y'all get it later. But anyway, everything in this Bible is crazy and wild. But you have to make a decision for your life. Am I going to believe this over everything else? And we get in church and we get excited. And we go, I believe the Bible over everything. I believe in God. I believe in it. I read the Bible. But when something happens, you immediately call everybody you know, try to get yourself out of a jam, try to get yourself out of a situation. The last thing you do is pray. You see, saying things like, can God heal amputees and raise the dead is fun to say. But I actually believe it. You see, it's not because I have more faith than you. It's just because I believe that God is who he said he is. I believe that if he wrote it and he can't lie, he will do it. Amen? If you start living by what the word says and not what the world says, you'll see a lot of change in your life and ministry. Amen? So many of us are being informed by the world. Well, the world says that's not scientifically possible. The world says, oh, you just got excited. That was just an emotional thing. That wasn't God. The world says that was just endorphins that made you feel better. That wasn't a healing. No, no. The word says that I can do all things through Christ. Amen? And I believe that means all as well. That means there's nothing you can't do through Christ. I'll never be. How many times have you cursed your life? I'll never be this. I'll never be that. I'll always be sick. I'll always be poor. Don't be saying that around me. Because I don't, <laughs> that's not me. I believe I can do all things. The problem is somebody has taught you that you can't. And you just need to unlearn it. And that's possible. The same way you teach a child. And that's what's interesting about faith. You don't grow up, you grow down. Because he calls us to be like children. See, the world says you need to be educated, and you do, but you need to be educated, you need to be this and, and, and strong, and you need to be dignified. Worry about your reputation, how do people view you? There's people who have more degrees than a thermometer who are living a life of hell. Amen? Because in the kingdom, it's reversed. I've got to become more like a child than an adult to enter the kingdom. What is a child? A child just believes. You tell a child something before they're, they're influenced by the world, they'll believe you. That's where Jesus is calling us, to grow down. I love it when people get in these like big theological, I'm a divinity major, minor, I don't know. And some people, they like the titles. You know, you start, sometimes people make stuff up. But anyway, <laughs> you're a what? Is that even a thing? God doesn't care about that. God cares, do you say yes when he says go? Do you stop when he says no? Do you move when he says move? Do you believe what he says? We have to just take that word of God completely, here we go, literally. 
literally, don't be weird with it. I, there's people that get spooky. But I'm saying we've got to believe that if Jesus says, by my stripes I'm healed, well, I'm healed. But you're still sick. I'm still sick in the flesh, but I'm healed in the spirit. And I'm just waiting on my manifestation. And the Bible says the power of light, I'm getting ahead of myself, the power of life and death is in the tongue. Then why am I speaking and empowering my sickness, my brokenness? My, my, my issues, why, am I, why would I do that? You'll say stuff negative before it even happens. I'm skipping ahead to my next point. <laughs> Speak faith. You'll say things, this is going to happen this way, and then it does. Or if I do this, this is going to happen. I just thankfully, thank God, thanks to you all as well, well, God through you, was able to get a car, yay. And somebody goes, <laughs> I was driving, they're like, well, It'll suck if it blows up. I just pull over. Get out. Get on out. I don't have time for that. Because when you speak things like that, you're, you have the power to manifest them. Some of us have become professionals at manifesting the devil's work in our life. See, the devil can't create anything, but we give him power. So when he lies to you and you say, yes, I will be sick. Yes, I will get divorced. Yes, this marriage will never work. Yeah, then you are empowering that and that's what's going to happen. So what if you're sick? And I'm using sickness because it's an easy thing to grasp. Yes, I have this illness, but by his stripes, I am healed. And you claim that instead. I am healed. I am free. I am prosperous. I see miracles. Stop speaking doubt. Stop doing that. The Bible says this in Romans 4. I'm giving a lot of scripture because some of these things people get a little weird about because they've heard other preachers say it and they've heard other people say it and it's been perverted to produce money and build themselves up. But that's not what we're doing here. That's why I'm showing it to you in the Bible. Romans 4, 17 says this. I love it. It says, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him who he believed God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. And if we're made in God's image and the power of life and death is in the tongue and he says, speak to the mountain, it'll be removed. There must, for some reason, unless God is just writing it randomly, be something to the way that you speak. There must be some kind of power in your mouth that brings about something in your life. If you change the way you talk, you will change your life. Because what you'll do is you'll go to say something negative and then you'll think and then you'll change your way of thinking. So change your way of talking, you'll change your way of thinking. And you'll see things start breaking loose. You'll see freedom. You'll see those family members get saved. You'll see that vehicle last longer. You'll see your body get healed. You'll see it. Speak faith. If you have a child, speak faith over that child. Stop condemning your child. So many people will do that. They'll, they'll say, oh, my child struggles in math. Oh, my child has this problem. Oh, my child has that problem. Oh, my child. Can't you just say, yeah, he struggles in math, but God is, is teaching them. God is moving in their life. Maybe we should start pointing out the positive things. Amen? Speak faith. The next thing is this. Have you ever heard the saying, I'll believe it when I see it? Yep. The kingdom says, you'll see it when you believe it. You'll see it manifest when you believe it. There's too many Christians that say, I believe it when I see it. Didn't Jesus say something to doubting Thomas who was trying to be all big and bad? 
unless I can touch the nails in his hands. And like, Can you imagine saying all that and Jesus walks in and says, do it? Because that's what happened. I've got to touch his nail holes in his hand and, and then I'll believe. And then Jesus shows up and say, touch him. And then, of course, he feels like a moron. But then Jesus says something. Blessed are you who have seen, but ble- or blessed are those who believe without seeing. Faith is faith. It's not, if you, if you just see it and then you believe it, that's not faith. That's evidence, worldly evidence. But the Bible says faith is the assurance and the evidence of things unseen. Which means if you can have faith for something, if you, have you ever had a vision of something? A vi- you, maybe you're going into a job interview and you just have a vision of how that's going to play out. Or you have a vision of how, if you're preaching, it's going to go. You have a vision. What that is, is that's faith. It's the evidence of things unseen. God is showing it to you so you can walk into it. Some of the things that you see, you're called to walk into. Well, Chip, what if it doesn't play out that way? You're doubting. You're not believing the Bible. But if it doesn't play out that way, have faith that it's going to turn around that way. We walk into what we see. God has made us so creative. That's why he says, cast down every imagination that exalts itself against him. Because when you have that same vision of something negative happen, you'll walk right into it because you're putting your faith in it. That's why we cast down those imaginations. We want a godly imagination. So that's how to live a lifestyle of miracles. What about performing miracles? Well, I'm glad you asked. John 14, 12 says, Truly, truly, and this is Jesus talking, I say to you, the one who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I am going to the Father. When we take that word of God and we speak faith, we realize that what Jesus is saying there is completely and utterly unbelievable in a good way. Mind-blowing. Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, said to humanity, you will do greater things. That makes me nervous. I didn't say it. Jesus did. Take it up with him. That means when you have someone who's sick, or you have someone who is demon-possessed or oppressed, or you, you see that there's more month than money, that you can lay your hands and in the name of Jesus say, I have the miracle power of Jesus in me. Here's what's crazy. In churches, when people retire, they do something where they will train kind of the next person up and they'll pass the ministry on. Jesus passed his ministry on to us. You're his successor. Not the Pope. You understand what I'm saying? Not me, not Pastor Jeff. I am, but not solely me. Not only the people that are ministers, because the Bible says we all are. You have the mantle of Jesus Christ on you. And I know that sounds wild, but he calls us and said, those who follow me, they'll, they'll perform signs and wonders. You are called to go into situations where darkness is prevailing and speak the light of God. You are called to take kingdom territory back for Jesus. If Kyle is sick and he says, I'm not feeling well, poor Kyle, sit in the front row, I'm going to pick on you. And all I say is, oh man, I hope you feel better. Well, I've missed my chance. Can you picture Jesus doing that in the marketplace? Jesus, I'm sick. Oh man, I hope you feel better praying for you. Oh, 
Well, good. No, Jesus would say, oh, I'm sick. You're healed. And Jesus didn't go, I hope this works. I hope I don't look stupid. I hope that I don't look like a fool. No, he just said it and it was done. Because he had assurance. The Bible talks about being fully persuaded. Are you fully persuaded that what he says is true? And that you can do what he says? Kyle, would you come up? Let's stand together. So we're going to do something a little different for our ministry time today. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm going to ask Pastor John, Pastor Jeff, and I think Andre's back there, so no one ask him to come up and maybe stand over here if they can, or over there. It doesn't matter, just together. Yeah. Yeah. Every eye closed, every head bowed. Come, Holy Spirit. I don't know where you need a miracle this morning, but you can find it here. I don't know what area of your life is struggling, but you can find it here. So what I'm going to do is challenge you to take a step of faith. I've asked Pastor Jeff and John to come over because I know they're men of faith. If you think you're a person of faith, you can come with them and stand. But what I'm asking is, if you have something you need prayer for this morning and you want to see God break in, we want to pray for you. Amen? We want to see those things broken off of you. But you've got to walk out of worrying about how you look, walk out of your pride, and say, I need something from the Lord. He says, ask anything. And we have faith to believe. Whatever it is. So Kyle's going to play, and we're going to stand here. And if you need prayer, you can come up. If you want to be part of this team laying hands and praying on people, you can come up. But I'm going to pray, and then I just I challenge you to make the decision today to ask, to take a step of faith forward and be prayed for. I don't care if you've had a disease for your entire life. I believe it can be healed today. I don't care if you don't know how you're paying your rent. I believe God can provide. I don't care how tormented you are and how you've been up with nightmares and you've seen horrible visions of things. You can be set free this morning. This is your day. So I'm going to pray and then we're going to open it up and you can come get prayer. And you don't have to say what it is. Just say, pray for me. And we'll lay hands and we'll pray for you. Well, Chip, you're laying hands on me. What about social distancing? Figure it out. This is the anointing we're worrying about. Thank you, Lord. Father, you're an amazing God. All things are possible. Lord, don't let people leave here being robbed, being sick, being broken, being hurt, being confused when your present, your power is present in this place to reverse it. Father, give people the courage to ask for prayer. And Lord, we are expecting miracles. We live in a state of expectation. So we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.
It can be anything big or small. Don't be shy. Don't be embarrassed. If you need prayer for something, we're here. And again, if you want to help pray, feel free to come. But don't come if you don't have faith. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. John and Sally are over there as well. Cindy. Just find one of these.